Welcome to this Mummy Truth podcast. My name is Christina. I'm a professional vocalist and a digital content producer who became a mum in 2020. I soon discovered that mums are often silenced by shame into not talking about the reality of their experience and what matters the most to them. This is a safe place where we can talk openly about childbirth, maternity care, everyday struggles, and the wonderful parts of being a mum. We are not censored by shame or taboo subjects, and while we discuss the nitty-gritty of sensitive subjects, we also have fun. Come join me for our latest episode. Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever This Mummy Truth podcast. I'm going to jump straight into it and today our subject is going to be that I'm talking about why I am angry with the anti-sleep training crew, why I will be sleep training my second and why I really don't agree with the statement breast is best. So I'm going to be talking from personal experience but I think a lot of parents could relate to this. So for me, I'd never heard of sleep training. I didn't know what it was. Um, I had my daughter in 2020. She had horrific reflux um, to the point where she could not lay down at all. Um, if she did, she would vomit, vomit nonstop. Um, I, I think a lot of the time people don't understand when I say she could not lay down, like she could not be put down at any point during the day or the night me and my partner had to share shifts for the first three months of her life um, where she would sleep on us because she had to be upright. Even on an incline, um, I know a lot of parents with reflux babies, they buy these um, like inclined cushions that you can put under the mattress. That wasn't enough. Nothing was enough. This baby had to be completely bolt upright. Um, and if she wasn't, it wasn't spit up, it was <laughs> vomit over and over and over, choking on it. It was it was a horrible start to motherhood. Um, and we were so sleep deprived, as you could probably imagine. We had no help with childcare. It was in the middle of um, 2020 lockdown during the pandemic. Um, nobody could visit. Um and you know we we got to the point where we, we were just suffering so badly from sleep deprivation and then around four months um her reflux didn't get better but new medications were introduced um doctors started taking it a bit more seriously um and she couldn't she still couldn't lay flat but we'd figured out with her doctors a way of her um going to sleep um that actually again is a whole other subject but um a lot of it really went against the um safe sleep guidelines but these safe sleep guidelines do not take into account babies with medical conditions at all um and all the generic advice of like she must lay flat on her back well that that was actually dangerous for her so um her her pediatrician who was dealing with her reflux said it's absolutely fine um, for her like at this age I think she was four months by then to sleep on her side um, and we would roll up towels underneath um, her mattress which didn't even work very well we tried some little contraption to keep her on her side um, and she would get a stretch a couple of hours stretch um, as she started to get older and her reflux was improving um her problems with reflux got a lot better and she wasn't vomiting during the night 
um, anymore. This I think she was eight months by this point. So I had an eight month old baby, but I was still horrifically sleep deprived because she was still waking up um, at one point every 45 minutes. And again, I'm not exaggerating when I say she was waking every 45 minutes and needing um, me to resettle her back to sleep. And I think it's just a routine she got into. Um, So at this point, she uh, no longer had reflux. Um, And I started to look into like, what are my friends doing with babies? Like, how are they functioning? They must be doing something else. Um, And some friends had said that they sleep trained and some friends said that they didn't. And I think because I didn't like the cry out method of sleep training, which by the way, I think is absolutely fine if that's what you want to do and that works for your family. But it was just a personal thing. I didn't like that method, but I had no idea that there was any other choices out there because I was so petrified to even look into it um, that I just did not sleep train at all. We carried on like this for months and months and months. And I think it was actually to the detriment of my mental and physical health, because I think we really undervalue sleep in our society. And really to function as a human being, you need it. Um, And as you can imagine, (laughs) really sleep deprived mum of eight months by this time, who I was also dealing with my own chronic illnesses, um, and I was at breaking point, to tell a mother in that situation um, that if she sleep trains, she's going to damage her baby's brain for life. Um, (laughs) It's just not it. Um, It scared me. It scared me so, so much um, that I didn't dare even try um, because I thought, well, I don't want my selfishness of needing sleep to affect my child for the rest of her life. Like, that's horrific. Um... And so we didn't even try to help herself settle until she was over one years old. Um, and I, I kept being told that it would just come naturally, it would just come naturally. And it really didn't because she wasn't being given any tools to help her to do it. Um, and so I just carried on suffering and it got to a point where she was around 16 months old that I just thought, I can't do this anymore. Something needs to give. Um, and, you know, I I started implementing my own version of a few different um, non-cry-out sleep training um, programs that I had seen and just tweaked them to work more for her. And I was amazed by how quickly, actually, by that time she was able to self-settle um and I felt quite angry actually that I hadn't done this before and that I'd suffered for so long and actually it it had that level of sleep deprivation had made it so that I was a terrible mother during the day for my daughter because I was had so little energy while managing as I said my own chronic health conditions that I was hardly leaving the house and I was hardly doing anything with her um, because I I simply couldn't keep my eyes open. I was in survival mode that whole time. Um, and I'm, I remember thinking, gosh, if I had just sleep trained um, after her reflux improved, uh, would 
we have would I have enjoyed motherhood much more and actually been present for a lot of her earlier um baby times um and so I think there's a big problem with um social media um in terms of sleep training because I think it's a very personal thing and I would never tell a mother that she should or shouldn't do it. I think it's a very personal choice. I think circumstances, you you just have to bear in mind people's circumstances. And there are situations where it's a must. There are situations where it's a choice. Um, and there are some mums who happily will do the waking up every 45 minutes and they're happy with that. I think if you're happy and you don't need anything to change and you're happy feeding to sleep and all those things, then on the opposite side, I think it's annoying when people tell mums that they shouldn't be doing that anymore. Um, There's so many shoulds and shouldn'ts, isn't there, in motherhood that I'm now finding, now that I'm going to be a mum for the second time round, there's so much noise that I'm just going to block out now um, because it was so unhelpful. As much as I thought going on social media um, to get help for pretty much every little thing um, with my first was actually very useful on the most part and especially uh, some mum groups that I was a part of um, were absolutely worth their weight in gold um, but it was all the the other noise out there and the scaremongering that I think just needs to stop and this also leads me into the whole breast is best thing. That, ah, uh, just even just hearing it, that saying just makes me so mad because it's not true. And you have the, I call them the breast Nazis on one side, who will say that is true, look at the statistics stuff, but again, the studies that they're referring to are studies that were done in the 70s and 80s on formula. Now, if we look at how far formula has come since the 70s and 80s, ingredient-wise, technology-wise, there's just so much to it. It's come a long, long way. Yes, I agree, scientifically, biologically, if you are happy to and you can do it, in a way that is fulfilling for both you and your baby and your lives, of course, why not? Um, and that would be the best option for you if that is what you want to do. Um, but there's so many women who struggle with breastfeeding so badly. I did. Um, so my daughter had a tongue tie and she could not from birth latch onto the boob. We tried and tried and tried. Um, and she just kept latching onto the tip. She made my nipples bleed and blister within the first two hours of, like, from being born, um, both of them, <laughs> uh, because she did not have the right latch, and it, it was with the reflux and the tongue tie. They um, didn't diagnose her tongue tie until too late. I think she was six weeks old when she had it done. Um, it was on the NHS. It was an NHS specialist who um, diagnosed her and did the procedure. Um, but by then, she was so used to drinking from a bottle. So I was so scared of formula that I was pumping. Um, and I was just, it was insane because she could not drink from the breast. I, the pump was the baby, basically. And the 
I just had to pump all the time. And what this meant was, in between all the crazy sleep and reflux issues that we were having, um, I she would wake up, I would give her a bottle, or her dad would give her a bottle, and then I would be pumping while she was feeding. And for an hour after she went back to sleep, because it took that long to get a measly 50 to 100 mils of milk, um, and then I would only get an hour's sleep if, I mean, because I wasn't a robot, if I could actually fall asleep in that time before she woke up again to feed again. Um, because she, until she was two months old, she would wake every two hours to feed all through the night and all through the day. Um, and I, we would feed on demand, but from the bottle. And then it wasn't until she was eight weeks old and I was just having a breakdown. I also, there was medication I really needed for my own health that I couldn't take if I was breastfeeding. And I just said to my partner, oh my gosh, like, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And it was such a relief when he said, we don't have to take the pressure off. We started combi feeding um, and then slowly transitioned her to just formula. I picked a brand that I really liked um again she obviously had all these reflux issues so that's a you know a whole separate subject she ended up having to go on to prescription formula for a while that didn't work <laughs> made things worse we then you know had we tried so many formulas I tried about seven different formulas before I found one that worked for her but I also realized that as soon as I stopped breastfeeding all the help um all the medical help stopped um not that it was great anyway in the first place. Um, I know a lot of mums, uh, even on the NHS, are given a lactation consultant, never had that. It was just my midwife. Um, but having said that, as soon as all that, <laughs> as soon as I said I couldn't breastfeed anymore, there was no help. All they said was all formula is the same, which is completely and utterly wrong. All formula is not the same. If you have a reflux baby and you want to try anti-reflux formula, it has carabel in it or it has other thickness, thickness in it. That makes it not the same. Um, ingredients can differ. Some of them um, use different oils. They, they're really just not all the same. Um, that was all I was told. It's all the same. It's all a gimmick. Just, you know, buy the most basic one um, and off you go out into the world. And I think it's doing mums such a disservice to vilify formula so much when we all know that every mum will only use formula if she has to use formula. And when I say that, when I say has to, I mean does not want to breastfeed, cannot breastfeed, any of the I'm unable to use my boobs and I don't want to use my boobs scenarios, you're going to have to use formula because that's your only other choice. So I don't understand why in the UK formula adverts are actually not allowed on TV. It's not allowed to be promoted anywhere. Um, they're weirdly allowed to promote their toddler milk, which is pretty much exactly the same. But because of these restrictions, then the worst thing is that they're not allowed to discount formula. This blows my mind and makes me so angry that shops are not allowed to ever have discounts on stage one formulas because we're not supposed to promote it. 
I'm like, how is a discount on a formula promoting it? Oh, because suddenly mums who are happy breastfeeding are going to say, oh, I know, I'm really happy breastfeeding, but I'm going to go buy this formula now instead. It's so strange. It's anyone who uses formula is because they have to use it. So I don't understand why you should then have to be richer to use formula. It just, it just blows my mind and it makes me so cross and I think it's something that really needs to change. The attitude needs to change, um, I think worldwide really, but I can only speak for the UK because that's where I live. Let mothers be informed about formula. When we go to see the doctors and specialists, let there be a formula specialist as well as a lactation specialist. I think this is something that is needed and is so under-researched and we're going on studies from the 70s and 80s and I just don't understand, like, why are we not updating this? Why are we not helping mums to thrive rather than making them suffer and punishing them for not being able to use their boobs? So now when it comes to the decisions that we will be making when my second comes along, I would like to try to breastfeed because why not? Um, If they latch fine and it all runs smoothly, brilliant. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to kill myself like I did last time and add to the sleep deprivation and my mental health and my physical health by being so petrified to use formula, I will just use formula. Um, And now that I've been through pretty much all the different brands and know so much about the ingredients um, of different formulas and um, which ones you use for what and different problems and stuff, I think it would be a lot easier to transition onto something that I'm happy with. Um, But I feel happy in that decision now and I feel calm about it. I'm not worried about breastfeeding because I'm have a clear conscience now of I'm going to try it and if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't no stress so I would really like to know your thoughts on sleep training and on the phrase breast is best what were your experiences um as a first time mum or even a second or third time mum coming across these things on social media and in everyday life and from your medical professionals I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at this mummy truth um, and you can leave any comments and I will definitely get back to you because I really want to get this discussion going and to see how other mums are feeling about this and it would be really nice to connect with you on there. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It really helps us to grow and to bring you more content and new guests. If you're on Instagram, then why not give us a follow at This Mummy Truth. Until next time, stay strong and don't forget we're in this together.